The Happily Ever Haunted podcast may contain graphic content that may include sexual violence, suicide, or murder. Listener discretion is advised. happily ever haunted i'm bailey and i'm milton and this is the podcast where we tell you stories of the strange and unusual this is the story where we tell you about podcasts yeah (laughs) y'all we're recording wednesday morning and it's so fucking early and we're about to drink and it's so early we actually have some big news as of yesterday we had a thousand downloads so that's really fucking exciting um yeah, so thank you for listening, downloading, checking out yes. all the things. Yes, thank you for being, thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being <laughs> a friend. Okay, I won't sing anymore. Okay. <laughs> all right, so do you want to just kind of jump into this thing? Yeah, let's jump. Full feet. All right. Both feet. <laughs> so. Full force. The drink that we have uh, for this episode, it's actually a pretty cool one too. Uh, if you haven't checked out episode 17 uh check that out and and if you make any of the drinks that we've made so far uh this month uh send us a picture on uh heh uh our heh social medias (laughs) i'm so distracted um so yeah the drink this episode is the black magic cocktail and for this drink you'll need You'll need uh, two and a half ounces of black vodka, which would, um, which is just vodka and black food coloring. Um, three three quarters ounce of lime juice, three quarters ounce of simple syrup, uh, some ice, and uh, some Wilson edible pearl dust. Uh, so the recipe calls for it to be in white. We used black. Um, I don't think there'll be too much of a difference if you use either one. So whichever one you find and and you can find uh, the pearl dust at craft stores. So Michael's Hobby Lobby. Use that 40 percent off. Coupon. Yeah. Use those coupons. It is. It's not too expensive, no, it's but like it's three bucks, but it's, it's a little pricey because it's not you don't get a whole bunch, but a little goes a long way. Uh, so yeah, so basically in the cocktail shaker, you would combine the black vodka, the lime juice, and the simple syrup into a shaker uh, filled with ice. Shake it uh, until you know it's nice and cold. And then uh, in your cocktail glass that you're going to pour the mixture in, you're going to put some of the, the pearl dust in it. And then you'll pour the mixture on top of the pearl dust. So it'll make this cool like shimmery effect a shimmery sparkly drink and then if you if you want it to sparkle more you could add more dust to it just make sure you mix it up really well afterwards honestly just get any color dust and just add them all in and make a rainbow oh i don't know if it'll make a rainbow i well, think it'll just make some it. like dull looking <laughs> thing but yeah it's a it's a really cool drink so let's uh let's try this real quick Ready? Cheers. Woo. To drink in before 9 a.m. I don't hate it. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not as good as yesterday's drink. 
After you mixed everything together. Yes. After <laughs> it wasn't just a mouthful of vodka. I don't understand how people take vodka shots. Still don't get that. Yeah. If you take vodka shots, let me know how you do it. Yeah. Because I can do tequila shots all day long. Okay. Okay. Okay, before I turned 25, I could. <laughs> now I can't do anything. I'm just like, oh, oh, I'm done. Does anybody have a Diet Coke? <laughs> <laughs> so, tell me all about your spooky story this week. Yeah, so this week we're going to California. Ooh, uh, California. And I'm going to cover the the William Heath Davis house in San Diego, California. I know nothing about it. Good. This will be a learning experience for the both of us. Are you going to learn as you go? <laughs> uh, I mean, I researched it, so I, like, I learned. I learned. It learned to me. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> um, so, yes. The William Heath Davis House, like I mentioned, is in San Diego, California. Uh, the person that the house is named after, William Heath Davis, was born in Honolulu, Hawaii in 1822. His father, William Heath Davis Sr., was a Boston ship captain and pioneer of the Hawaii sandalwood trade. His mother, Hannah Holmes Davis, was the daughter of the governor of Oahu. Uh, as a child, Davis would visit California several times and would be a store clerk in his uncle's shop. Davis would visit in 1831, then again in 1833, and then in 1838, he would visit to stay. You started saying these dates, and I was just like, "Oh, that's a long time ago." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is a long time ago. <laughs> I forgot things existed two hundred years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Davis, uh, working in the San Francisco area, would become a prominent businessman and ship owner by the eighteen forties. He became wealthy not because he was hunting gold during the gold rush days; instead, he was the one selling supplies to the people hunting for the gold honestly that's a great idea yeah that's a wonderful idea so looking to expand his business he also had an, another business where he would uh sell ship cargo and stuff like that another one uh davis was looking for a new location that would make sense for him and his partners after visiting san diego with his wife William became interested in a plan to create a new city closer to San Diego Bay. With San Diego Bay, Davis saw an opportunity and got started working on his new town. The land, oh, hold on. He purchased 160 acres of land, but there was one problem. The land itself was barren and there were no trees to use uh, to build houses. So, to get around that, Davis purchased a shipment of pre-built houses from Portland, Maine. So, let's just talk about how ridiculous this is. So, obviously, west he's in the West Coast. He's buying houses from the East Coast. The houses are being shipped. And that's still cheaper than building them? By ship. Well, there is no, there is no resources. Okay, but cheaper than getting the resources to build them i mean i i guess they didn't think about that i don't know i'm sure they had to but after like shipping the resources and the man hours to make them because i mean i think there was like a limited availability of like shipping that type right. of stuff plus i mean they didn't use like ups 
Texas or like stuff like that to like ship it like on land. Yeah, right. Um, So what he did was he put the houses on his ship and he went from Maine down to Chile and then back up to California. So he did. He went like all the way around. I'm just going to assume that they're tiny houses. Uh, I mean, they're not tiny. They're, okay, I'll explain the houses in a little bit. Also, I think you can buy a tiny house on Amazon Prime now. Yeah. Yeah, you totally can. I think we looked at that before. Yeah. Um, the Bayside Town would be called Newtown. Newtown included a wharf, store park, military barracks, and several houses. The houses in the town were salt box style, which originated in the New England area. A salt box structure takes its, takes its name from its resemblance to the wooden lidded box in which salt was once kept. Typically, a salt box structure has just one story in the back, two stories in the front. And it also has a, a long pitch roof that slopes down the back. Flat front and central chimney are also recognizable features. Much like the salt box, I too am salty. <laughs> That gets its name because it's boxy. I am just salty. Unfortunately, there was no fresh water near the settlement, and not many people wanted to move to Newtown. There was also hostility from the established settlements in Old Town San Diego and nearby La Playa. The U.S. Army soldiers stationed at Newtown left to fight in the Civil War, and to make matters worse, a huge fire in San Francisco destroyed most of Davis's fortune, forcing him to give up his dream to being a, to begin a great city near San Diego Bay. Bye. <laughs> Newtown, however, was eventually completed, just not by William Heath Davis. In 1867, Alonzo Horton arrived in San Diego and completed Davis's vision of the new town by the bay. To this day, it is Horton, not Davis, who is known as the father of San Diego. Damn. William Heath Davis died penniless uh, in 1909 at the age of 87 and went to his grave claiming that he created Newtown, but he has never received his credit. I thought you were going to say penisless. No. I was trying to say penniless, but I, I obviously struggled with that. It's very um, early. <laughs> as, as for the house... After Newtown started to boom and attract more outsiders, a woman by the name of Anna Shelper felt that that new settlement needed its own hospital. So the William Heath Davis house was converted to a hospital in 1873. Over the years, the house changed hands multiple times until it became the museum it is today. The William Heath Davis house is now known as the Horton Davis house and is the oldest standing structure in downtown San Diego. It serves as the home of the Gaslamp Quarter Historical Foundation, or GQHF, and the Gaslamp Museum at the Davis Horton House. I, too, have been in GQ... No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) The house has seen thousands of visitors, and some have refused to leave. There have been reports of an apparition of a World War II-era soldier... Many believe this to be a German spy. Sightings of the apparition dressed in World War II garb have been reported on more than one occasion. 
His spirit is said to be angry, perhaps due to the fact that he was captured in the home and likely put to death for his betrayal. Another ghostly encounter belongs to a female apparition dressed in Victorian-era clothing that predominantly wanders around on the second floor. The apparition is thought to be either the spirit of Alonzo Horton's wife or possibly one of the many patients from when the hospital served as a hospital due to the fact that many people died from the tetanus outbreak. Uh, they're also... Why did they just get a shot? <laughs> it was so long ago. It was so long ago. Um, there are also several strange occurrences that happen within the house. A medicine chest that is left open by museum staff has been found closed and items are found shifted inside when the staff come in in the morning. Items on a table set for four have been moved at night by random forces. Random lights being flickered on and off. And this has been reported uh, even before the house had electricity. So how? So, so like their candles? Yeah. So they had gas lamps. Okay. And so the gas lamps uh were turned on by themselves or turned off by themselves. That's really fucking weird. Yeah. Like, so, that's really fucking yeah, weird. Yeah, so that's that's totally crazy that even before, like, it's not like flipping the light switch. Like, literally, you're turning on the gas and lighting it lighting it up, and then you know, you're turning it off. It's not like you have a short in the wire. Right, exactly. Um. So, okay, I have a question for you. Yes. Would you rather live in a house where things move constantly or live in a house where lights flicker constantly. I'd rather have the lights. Because I feel like I'd lose everything. <laughs> I already do. It's fine. Because, like, they, I'd sit something down. Because I always predicate myself on, like, all right. Because I'm that guy that's messy. Like, not messy, but. Not working. Like, I have a controlled mess. So, like, you, if you, if anyone would come in. And like look at say like my desk area or something like that. Like you would see shit everywhere. But I know exactly where everything is. <laughs> and so and so I feel like if things were moved, I'd be like, I know I put this here. Where the fuck is it? And then I'd be frustrated. <laughs> I feel that all the time. So yeah. I stay losing shit. And I'm organized. Yeah, you're way more organized than me. <laughs> like the other day I lost my wallet probably for a good hour. And uh, I was like, okay, it's not the two places that I put it when I bring it in because I normally don't carry a purse. And Milton was like, Milton went looking for me and it was in my pants pocket from the day before. <laughs> that was the worst. Yeah. Uh, visitors have mentioned feeling a foreboding or ominous presence when entering the museum. Foreboding. <laughs> uh, unexplained breezes often blow through an uninsulated part of the house. There have even been reports of hearing cats meowing, though no cat has ever been found in or around the museum. Oh, I hope nothing happened to a kitty cat. <laughs> uh, there have been EVPs captured of the ghost cat and also of children playing as well. Uh, the house is currently closed, but if you find yourself in the San Diego area, uh, this is definitely a museum worth checking out once COVID-19 is through. Eventually. Eventually. Maybe. And so that is the story of the William Heath House or the Horton Davis House, whatever you want to call it. My references are sdghost.com, ghostandgravestones.com, gaslampfoundation.org, and wikipedia.org.
That was great. You did great, sweetie. Thanks. So today I'm covering the Wyoming Frontier Prison in Rollins, Wyoming. Ooh, cool. Do you know where Wyoming is? It's somewhere north. <laughs> Everything's north of us. Unless you go to like Louisiana or Arizona. This was Wyoming's first state prison. So the plan to build this prison came about in 1888, but because of the lack of funding, it took 13 years to finally finish and open this prison. So in December, so like barely, like it was almost 14 years. In December of 1901, the first prisoners arrived at the prison. The prison was made of sandstone and had 104 cells initially. The prison held male prisoners, but in 1902, women were brought into the prison as well. The men and women were housed in different wards and constantly kept separate. Good. Yeah, always good. Women were only housed in the prison until 1909, so only for seven years. After this, they were sent to a Colorado prison. And I would say that that's cold, but, like, I think Wyoming's cold, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like everywhere's cold. Yeah, because I think it, Wyoming's, like, by the, the Dakotas. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm, assume, like I'm assuming it's cold. Idaho, I think. Yeah, somewhere around there. Utah. So, um. yeah, I'm sure it's cold as hell in the yeah. winter and stuff. Which, like, fall. keep that in mind for what I'm about to tell you. So, in 1904, 32 more cells were uh, constructed. In 1912, there was a huge prison riot because the prisoners became fed up with the shitty conditions that they were having to deal with, and they revolted. During the riot, the broom factory got burned down. The broom factory? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to think, like, they used to use prisons to make things, like, license plates and stuff. I don't think they do that anymore. Right. Um... And would make like not. I think today they make like five to twenty-five cents an hour. Yeah, it's not a it's, lot. Yeah, it's bullshit. Indentured um, servitude, but yeah. Uh, Twenty-seven inmates escaped, and one inmate killed a Rollins resident after he escaped. Oh wow! Yeah, I want to know if it was just a random person or if like he went back to get like revenge. Yeah. Um. That'd be an interesting story. Right. Then in 1950, another cell block was built that had running water and um, a solitary confinement cell. Like, there was already one, but, like, more humane ones were built. So the older ones did not have running water? No. So the running water was in the cells? Or? It just said the running water was added to the cell block, so I'm not sure if each cell had running water or... Mm, okay. I couldn't figure that out. Right. In 1966, 36 maximum security cells were added to the prison. Oh, also, it's important to note, like, at least when this closed, it was a maximum security prison. Oh. Yeah. Um, hot water, not just running water, hot water was added to the cell, the cell blocks in 1978. So I'm assuming the H uh, cell. Oh, okay. Um. The prison was operational until 1981 and then got turned into a museum in 1987. Also, okay, so they got hot water in 1978 and then it closed down in 1981. <laughs> like, could you imagine <laughs> being like, I waited all this time to get hot water and now y'all are moving me to another prison? Right. Well, I'm a, you said it was 1978? Yeah, so it was th- four years, three years with hot water. Okay, I mean... I'm assuming then then they would move to a, like a better facility. You never know. Because I feel like that's like to just get hot water in 19 
1978? 1978. <laughs> It's always looked like this. Yeah. <laughs> so. It just sounded like they didn't give a fuck. All I know is that prison's fucking awful, and I know Texas prisons don't have AC, so I'm, like, not trying to go to prison. Yeah. Hot water or not, it doesn't have AC. Yeah. Um. So, outside the A block, there was a thing called the punishment pole. If the prisoners misbehaved or acted out in any way, they would be chained to the punishment pole and be whipped by the guards with ru uh, rubber hose or leather whips. What kind of roots ass shit is this? <laughs> yeah. So all the prisoners, because the punishment pole was right outside A block, all the prisoners in A block would be able to hear the abuse that the prisoner is, like, getting. What the fuck? Yeah. Also, I don't know, like, I would not want to be in A block and just hear somebody wailing the whole time. Because then you just feel bad and there's nothing you can do and it's loud and you're just like... Wait. I mean, I'm sure at some point you get desensitized to it. Maybe. And maybe that's the problem. Yeah. No, it is the problem. <laughs> I mean, the problem is that they're whipping people like their slaves. Yeah. And it's, 19, it's fucking 1900s. So there was a solitary confinement cells that prisoners could be locked up in for up to six weeks. Naked with only a blanket. Oh, no. Remember, it's cold fuck yeah um and then there was a secondary solitary confinement so that was the the one that i just told you about was the cells that they built later on mm -hmm. the first one <clears throat> was called the old hole because it was just a dark cell with no walls or anything it was like built into the to the wall or, i don't fucking know um but it was like it was just a room with no windows yeah and dark okay and, like, the, the door didn't have windows either. Right. So you're just in a dark room. And the prisoners would be locked in there naked without a blanket and only a bucket. Damn. Yeah. And they got food once a day. Fuck. Yeah. So um, approximately 250 people died in the prison. And it was common for prisoners to um, find razors in their soap or shards of glass from a light bulb in their food. Shards of glass? Yeah. Oh, fuck that. Like, could you imagine just eating and then, like, your mouth being all cut up? Yeah. So, um, 14 male prisoners were executed. So, 200, about 250 prisoners died, but only 14 were actually executed. Like, given the Wow, death that's crazy. Yeah. And, um, so two of the executions were done with the Julian Gallows and Julian Gallows, Gallows were supposedly the humane way of hanging people. <laughs> Oi. Yeah. Hanging them. The humane way. Yeah. Uh, the prisoner would hang himself by standing on it. He would have like the noose around his neck and, uh, he would hang himself by standing on a trap door that fell open when his body weight forced enough water out of the counterbalance bucket for him to fall through the... Ah, uh, that's terrible. Yeah. Because so, you're like just, you're waiting for that's it. That's what I was about to say. It took a few minutes for the bucket to empty out. So the prisoners just stood there anticipating their death. Oh, man. And like the warden 
uh, or like the guards and stuff would be like, well, it gives you plenty of time to think about what you did. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's really fucked up. Um, the others were executed in the prison's gas chamber, which there's a picture on the drive. Um, it's just a stainless steel capsule with a chair in it. It's still available for visitors. So the museum does uh, tours, and it's available for visitors to sit in when they visit. Would you sit in it? Nope. No? Nope. I would. You would? I don't know. I would be very scared of, like, someone closing the door, and I would just be stuck in there. Yeah. Or, like, like, what if you close the door and, like... It doesn't ever open again. It doesn't open, and then, like, there's some, like, fumes or something that get in. Like, I don't know. I'm just worried that, like, somehow... It's like Final Fantasy shit. Not Final... Final Destination. Yeah, Final Destination. Final I always Fantasy. Get the, I always get those confused. That's an RPG. <laughs> nothing, nothing alike. Um, <laughs> That's it, some Final Fantasy shit. <laughs> uh, no, it's just, like, I don't know. That freaked me out. Um, yeah, and, like, so when you're visiting, you can also... Um, you can also... They can, they'll close you in on, in the solitary confinement cells if you want. It's an option. <laughs> it's an option. Yeah. <laughs> like they offer to <laughs> close the That's door funny. on <laughs> Employees report seeing apparitions in the prison. Um, apparently this is a normal occurrence for them now. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine just being cool with like seeing apparitions? <laughs> that would freak me out. Hey, what's up, John? hi jeff how are you how's the afterlife so uh some have reported some spirits trying to interact with them the museum offers tours like i said and one employee reported that uh they had a man join their group and he was wearing a prison jumpsuit when she went to take it uh, when she went to do a double take he was gone though oh my god but like i mean they they don't they all said that they weren't very uh like they were all very peaceful. Oh, that's good. apparitions and stuff. That's good. Which I'm kind of surprised. Yeah. <laughs> because this prison seems like a horrible fucking place. It does, for sure. Um, when sh- Many visitors report feeling a sense of fear or dread when visiting, but then the feeling immediately vanishes once they leave. Mm. Voices can be heard walking through the cell blocks, and... The phrase, help me, has been reported the most when walking through cell block A. Oh, my God. Help me. That's creepy. Um, Screaming and crying can also be heard throughout the prison, but it's most commonly heard in the shower area, some particular cells, and on death row. Wow. Yeah. So, that is the Wyoming Frontier Prison. Man. That's a really fucked story. It's a really... It's short, but it's really fucked up. (laughs) That's so bad. It's terrible. Did you see all the pictures? Uh, yeah, I did. I'm really proud of all the many pictures I got. <laughs> yeah, you did. You got um, a lot of pictures. And it's funny enough, one of the pictures, I'll post it later, they had a baseball team. So, and that's the Wyoming Frontier Prison baseball team. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I know they do that in, like, uh, San Quentin, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think. Um... So, my references this week is Y, well, not Y, WYOHistory.org, RoadsideAmerica.com, 
hauntedplacestogo.com. And there's also an episode on Ghost Adventures, and you can find it on Season 6, Episode 20. Look who's referencing Ghost Adventures. <laughs> I actually didn't find out that there was a Ghost Adventures episode till the very end. So, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but I, I didn't watch it. Shit. I didn't watch I never watch it. I just watched the, the recap, and it gives me all the information I need. So, y'all, they're... Um, like we've said in the past, they're doing the horrors at Joe Exotic Zoo. And I'm thinking about watching them and either recapping them or doing a watch along. Let me know if y'all would be down. Yeah. Yeah, we mentioned it last episode. Uh, I'm very, I'm interested. Um, yeah, I mean, we're going to watch it regardless. But let us know if y'all would want to do it, like, if y'all would want to hear a recap or even do a watch along. Now, I'm curious. Is it going to be, like, just them, like, being like, hey, this guy killed tigers? Or we'll are they going to, like, Ghost Adventures it up? They're Ghost Adventuring it up. Okay. Yeah. That was a, that's a bad term, but <laughs> I tried. Yeah, Adventuring right. it up. I tried. <laughs> um, yeah, so let us know if y'all would be interested in that. But, um, yeah, so those are our stories for the week. Hope you liked them. Don't forget to go back and listen to Bailey's McCall Minute from Tuesday and our bonus episode that came out yesterday. Yes. And we'll be coming back at your ear holes next week. We actually have a special episode next week with a special, special, special guest <laughs> um, for Halloween. So make sure that you come back for that. And in the meantime, check out our social medias. Facebook, Happily Ever Haunted Podcast. Instagram, Happily Ever Haunted Podcast. And Twitter, at H-E-H Podcast. And uh, if you love the show, uh, which obviously you guys do. Um, if you love the show, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Because, you know, we love to hear from you guys. Yes. And remember, those that haunt together. Stay together. This podcast is a part of Straight Up Strange Productions. Discover more shows like this one at straightupstrange.com.